0: Well, it's kind of an interesting way that the editors of the lectionary laid things out. I guess it's so we don't have a 30 verse long gospel, but if you remember from last Sunday, we got the beginning of the gospel from today. That's when Jesus came back to Nazareth in the power of the spirits. And went as was his custom, into the synagogue, they hand him the scroll. He opened to the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61 in modern parlance, read to them the prophecy of the coming Messiah. And then we pick up with today, where he says, today the scripture passage is is fulfilled in your hearing. Of course, at first, everybody, they all spoke highly of him, right? But wow, it goes downhill pretty quickly, doesn't it? I mean, to go from they all spoke highly of him to the end where they're all filled with fury and ready to throw him off the brow of the hill. Basically, they go from speaking highly of him to wanting to kill him. And so I guess the question as we look at this this morning is why does it change so quickly? Why is it such a a quick transition from all of this praise to wanting to lynch mob him, right? And I think, ultimately, the key to understanding this comes in the second reading from that beautiful exhortation on love that St. Paul gives us in his letter to the Corinthians. And that sounds kind of funny. It's an interesting leap, but I promise I'll get there and explain how we're going to get to this point. When you look at what's going on with Jesus and his coming back home, right? And they and he says about the, you know, do here in your native place the things that were done in Capernaum. Well, if you think about what he did in Capernaum, now we haven't heard this in the Gospel of Luke, but it's clearly, clearly recounted in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark. What he did in Capernaum was he was driving out the devil, he's exercising people all over the place, and he's healing a lot of the sick people. Um, for example, Simon Peter's mother-in-law goes in, you know, rebukes the fever, goes away, he lifts her up, She starts waiting on him, right? So, I mean, it's like all these amazing things are happening. He's doing a lot of miracles. He's curing all the sick that are coming to him. Well, now, it's like the hometown boy who's made good. He's a big celebrity now. He's coming back home. And it's almost as though the hometown folks welcoming back their their local celebrity, like, hey, why don't you go ahead and take care of us? Like, we deserve a special place, right? Like, you're just going to do these things that you did in the other place, Quite frankly, our Lord didn't just come to drive out the devil. That's one of the things he came to do. He didn't just come to heal the sick. One of the things that he did. When you think about it on both of those angles, it's not enough, right? Yes, we want to get the devil out of our life. We want to have sin driven away. We also want to be healthy. But at the same time, when you think about the health in our lives, for example, you know, if you've been through, like I had a sinus infection earlier this month, right? It is a pain in the neck when you can't breathe through your nose. And then finally, once again, when you get that like first breath in, it's like, oh, I forgot how great this really is. Like, thank God I can breathe. But the question is, what do you then in turn do with your breath? What do you do with that ability to speak well, Are you using language that's good, right? And so when you think about the people in Nazareth, it's kind of like, come on, like perform for us. Do this stuff as you come back because we know who you are, you know, like, and you owe us back. But that's not what our Lord came for, right? He came for something so much deeper and not just to kind of work some tricks and then move on. He came to change us completely, to make us Love, And that's the difficult part and why I say I think the second reading is kind of the key to everything today. Because we've all heard this reading before. Like if you've ever been to, I don't know, a wedding, you know, like this is typically the second reading at a wedding. Love is patient, love is kind, it's not jealous. Now, it's easy to kind of make that sound like, oh, love, it's just great, it's all good feelings. No, the work of love along this line that St. Paul gives us it's hard work. And I'll just say as kind of an aside, I know I've said this before, I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it again after today. One of my pet peeves is when people say things like, ah, Father, I don't need to go to confession. It's not like I've murdered anyone or anything. Good for you. Okay, that's great. But remember, our following Christ, our being Christians is about a lot more than just being a not-murderer, right? Like, we're raising the bar a little bit higher than that. And our Lord wants us to rise to the occasion. He wants us to do what? To live out love. And I think that's part of what's going on with the people in Nazareth today. It's like, they're going to have to do some work here. Like, you have to be involved in this. Yes, God works miracles, but guess what? They'll work him for anybody. When he uses those examples of Elijah and Elisha with both of those, Elijah with the widow of Zarephath and Sidon. So Zarephath and Sidon, that's the home country of Jezebel, that horrible queen that was married to King Ahaz, a bad figure in the history of ancient Israel. And yet it's there that Elijah is doing something amazing. God is interacting for that widow. And the healing of Naaman the Syrian, it's the big enemy but God is working with them too, doing these amazing things because that love is open to all. But at the same time that it's open to all, you have to get into the work for it. Yes, our Lord has come so that we can live love. He's come to drive away sin. He's come to give us the grace that we need to do it but we have to participate. And it's not as though like, hey, I've been showing up for Mass all my life. You owe this to me. No, that's not the way it works. Just like I live in Nazareth. This is where you came from. You owe it to us. No, it just doesn't work that way. But the beautiful thing about our Lord, and as you look at this litany about love, is he shows us how to actually do it. I mean, when you think about it, St. John tells us God is love. Jesus is love incarnate. And so when you look at St. Paul's definition here, it works when you do this. You can take out the word love and put in the name of Jesus Christ. It works. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus is not jealous. He's not pompous. He's not inflated. He's not rude. He does not seek his own self-interest. He's not quick-tempered. He doesn't brood over injury. He doesn't rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It works. Does it work when you take out the word love and put in your own name. John Eckerd is not jealous. Depends on what we're talking about, you know? John Eckerd is not rude. Eh, if I'm around my brother, right? Eh, You know, John Eckerd is not quick-tempered. Really depends on the day. So when you think about this, our Lord has come so that we can really and truly live out love. And that's a lot harder than it sounds. And we have to be able to take the challenge. I mean, that first reading from Jeremiah is our Lord basically saying to the prophet, you're gonna meet with resistance because none of us really wants to hear, hey, guess what? You're being pompous. Like, that's not a fun thing to hear. However, if we're going to live out love, then we gotta ask for his help we got to be open to the fact that, yeah, okay, we're of on the home team. Here we are. We're in the church. We're coming. He's with us. But it's not as though he shows up. It's like, hey, guys, just put on this sweatshirt and you're going to be fine. No. It goes down to the depths, to the core, and that's what he's come to do for us, to help us to actually live out love. And that's no easy task. And so you can see the people in Nazareth getting upset that he's calling them to more, and it's not just going to be an easy thing. The same before, it's like imagine like hometown boy made good in the NFL, right? And then he went and coached the like neighboring county football team and like brought him to the state champs, and now he's coming back home. And it's like, okay, he's champ, like you're going to make us all really good. And then when he starts saying, you guys got to work on fundamentals. Who the heck do you think you are, right? It's sort of like this. But the beautiful thing is, is yes, he tells us too, you got to work on the fundamentals. You can't just sit back and say, well, I'm better than Hitler, great, but you got to be better than that. Just like if your favorite NFL team is like, we're not that bad, we're better than the Cleveland Browns, fine, but you want to win the Super Bowl, right? That's what we're called to. We're called to be saints. We're called to be on fire with love. And the beautiful thing about our faith is, is that Christ first shows us how to do it. He doesn't demand that we show love without first showing us what it is, what it means. And if you take this little section from 1 Corinthians, it's chapter 13, verses 4 to 7. Use it as a daily examination of conscience, right? Use it to look like, am I brooding over injury? Well, if I am, I'm not loving, And love is what I'm called to. Love is what the saints do. And the beauty of this is that our Lord not only gives us the example, he gives us himself. He gives us grace to live it out. And that's why I recommend frequent confession, right? I know that you're probably not out there robbing banks and killing people, but let's be honest. Were you really tempted when you drove by Wells Fargo to get out and go bump off the bank? No, you weren't. Even though we're all wearing masks now, right? Like you don't think about going in and robbing a bank, but what you probably have a hard time with, being patient with your spouse. But that's what love is, is being patient. And the beauty is is that our Lord has come to, yes, meet us where we are, but he loves us enough not to leave us there. That he wants us to be what? On fire with his love. And the good news for us is that gift of being on fire with his love is not for merely us alone. It's for everyone. And as we grow in that love, God willing, we bring other people into it. Whoever they are, whether in Zarephath and Sidon or... I don't know if we have a rival city. I don't think we really do. I wish I could say it. Or if you're from Charlotte, oh, ooh, Charlotte. You know, like, who knows? Like, if there's some other place, right? God has called us all to be saints. Yes, it's hard work. Yes, we got to get at the fundamentals. But the good news for us is he not only shows us the way, but he helps us every step of the way. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.